we're going to turn to the word of the Lord, and I want to speak, we're talking about family, I want to speak on the Father's discipline this morning. Maybe this reminds you of your past, I'm not sure, but we'll get you, we'll get you healed. Many, many people consider God to be like this, and what we want to look at is, is discipline in the family, a Father's discipline. You know, God had established a safe haven to where you and I would be developed, we would grow, and we would mature into full adulthood, uh, being well-functioned and healthy. He did that within the family unit so that a father and mother could nurture children in love and admonition and grow into healthy maturity. But y'all didn't get all that, did you, in your household, maybe? I don't know, maybe you didn't get the mom, maybe you didn't get the dad, or maybe the combination was enough to wipe you out, I'm not sure. But it's a healthy environment that God had established, that as a family navigates through life, when dad and mom are navigating through this course, they're raising children up so that they'll learn how to face different obstacles. They were supposed to teach you how to grow and mature in your yeses and in your noes as to what you'll do, what you won't do, how to behave, how to respond to other people, how to learn to live and function with finance and things that you own and have and how to work. All of that was developed in a loving environment of family. But how many of you know so many families are dysfunctional? Yeah, so that just didn't work as well. But you know what? Then there's the church body because we're a family of believers. And in this loving and nurturing environment, you're supposed to come in and through discipline and admonition one to another and provoking each other and learning to grow in Christian and spiritual maturity, we're supposed to be growing up into the full stature of Christ, right? But you get offended and you leave the church and everybody hurts your feelings and we got all these problems that keep going on. It's because of brokenness and fallenness. And many times the Father's discipline of what He's trying to accomplish in us and nurture in us and what you got at home or what you experience somewhere else, we transfer unto the Father God and we think He's the same way in His disciplinary actions. We, it's the three stooges mode of discipline where we get smacked just in case for the next thing you're going to do. Any stooges fans here? So sometimes we think God even does that and we're wondering why God is doing these things to us. And so I want to take you to understand the Father's discipline. He will discipline us, but this is the motivation of the Father. If you look at Hebrews 12 verse 6, it says this, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. In other words, take it seriously. How many of you know you were bought with a price, you're no longer your own, and so therefore glorify God in your body. God expects something out of you. And so don't take it lightly. God is going to discipline and grow you into an image of his son. So don't take it lightly. He's serious about this. And he says, but don't get weary when you're reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he, what? Loves. His motivation in in disciplining and admonishing us and challenging us is a motivation out of love. It's because he loves us. And he chastises every son whom he receives. If, If you think that you're getting out or away from the discipline of the Lord, I fear, I wonder if you're saved. 
You see, you lived all your life apart from the Lord doing what you wanted to do, and how well does that work? But once you came to Jesus, now you're born again. You're no longer born in a fallen nature. You are now born in the nature of Christ. And in that nature, we don't know how to act. So we need a Father who's going to teach us, who's going to instruct us, He's going to lead us by his discipline and his chastening and to how to move into that. And he says this in the next verses, 10 to 11. For they disciplined us, this is fathers, fathers disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. We expected the best for them to be reasonable and right. Some of you had fathers that disciplined you that it was best for them, but it wasn't best for you. See, now here's the difference between a loving father. A loving father is disciplining so that what he's drawing out of you is your best. He's drawing out of you what you need to become. And so father disciplines for our good that we may share in his what? Holiness. That we may share in his nature. Like I said, I don't know how to be holy. All I know how to do is sin until I came to Jesus Now there's an inward motivation of the nature of his spirit of holiness that drives me, as Ezekiel says, drives me to holiness. And there are times that I need Father to tell me, don't do that. I need Father to say, ah, 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 not that way. This is how my son behaves. My son doesn't talk like that, Tim. He'll he'll tell me, you know, he'll say, that thought, that's that's not holy, that's not mine. And he'll need to correct me. And challenge me. He's doing that for my good. For the moment, all dis- discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. You know, the, the, the this hurts me more than it does you thing. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That's the result of God's discipline. There's a training here. A training that's going to bear fruit. God is investing in us. He's disciplining us. He's not ignoring us. He's not looking the other way while you're getting away with things. He is disciplining. He is moving in our lives to chastise, to change, to disciple, to discipline. That's where we get the word disciple from, discipline. That we would walk in His ways because He wants to bear the fruit of His nature in you. Do you know what the fruit of God is? His nature? Love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Isn't that good fruit? Come on. That's what He is disciplining out of you. So sometimes there's some pruning that needs to go on right? You prune the dead things off so that pruning will cause more of the sap to go where the pruning took place so there'll be a greater abundance of fruit. That's what discipline does. Sometimes it cuts off dead things. It cuts off things you shouldn't grow, growths that should not be there. And when you prune those things, it will create a greater harvest. And the harvest of what the Father wants to produce in all of us is greater righteousness and of His nature, holiness. Praise God for His discipline. Yeah. But there's a problem here. When we hear the word discipline, we transpose our understanding of punishment Unto God. We think He's punishing us. And there is a vast difference between punishment and discipline. 
That's what I really want you to get today. Because some of you have the idea that God is punishing you. And God is continuing to punish you for your sins. I was with someone who was very, very ill, very, very sick. And they had lived a pretty wild life. Until the later days, they gave their heart to the Lord and they served God. And in their sickness and pain, they wondered, is God punishing me for what I had done in the past? And I was able to share with them, absolutely not. For the punishment of your sin was placed upon Jesus Christ. He was chastised. He was beaten for our transgressions. God doesn't need to punish you for your sin. Christ received the punishment for sin. What God wants to do now is discipline you in righteousness. Not a punishment, but a discipline to draw out His nature in you. See, He wants you to overcome sin. It's not a matter of punishing you for it. He wants you to educate you so that you leave it. It's a big difference. See, punishment, its purpose is to inflict a penalty for an offense. But discipline is to train you for the correction and maturity to get past it and not do it again. That's what God wants to do. He wants to get us past whatever particular sin that besets you and troubles you. He doesn't need to punish you for it. Because you don't know how to overcome it. Look at if His only intention was to punish you every time you sinned, you would be continually punished by God. But what he wants to do is give you a renewed mind and an understanding as to why you are self-afflicting in that and uh, uh, self-nurturing in that sin. So you overcome that brokenness and turn from it. So he's disciplining you away from sin. You see, the focus of punishment are past misdeeds. The, The focus of discipline is future correct acts. Amen? Yeah, I I want to teach my children how to become more like me, more like their wife, my wife, more like the family, what I expect out of them. And so what is the attitude of punishment? Hostility and frustration. I don't know how you single parents do it. I don't know. God's grace upon you because I don't know. I wouldn't have four children now. I'd probably only have two and a half because... (laughs) There were times my wife rescued me. Parenting, my gosh. There were things that came out of me I didn't know existed there. Only certain of my children knew how to draw it out. My wife would say, that's okay, you just go sit down, just go sit down, just go sit down. And there were times I rescued her from hostility and frustration. (laughs) Some of you, how many of you got some whoopings and got some things out of hostility and frustration? It wasn't about discipline, it was about punishment. And see, the motivation for punishment is, I'm mad and I'm just upset, and it didn't care about the person. Where discipline cares about training them up. And so the results are fear and guilt versus security. There are many denominations that their view of God is based on punishment, so all you ever do is fear and be afraid of God continually. Versus the concept that God is discipling you and disciplining you, and that you're secure in His love, and that He's teaching you how to become all that He has called you to become. And you're leaving the past behind. Amen? 
That's what this is doing. It's the difference between punishment and discipline. Our Father cares for us. Punishment is based on rewards and penalties. Rewards and penalties. How many of you know it's grace we stand by? It is by grace that we stand. Amen? We don't earn this. When you think that God's going to punish you for your failure, then you try to earn His love when His love has been freely given to you through Christ Jesus. Whether you perform well or perform wrong, He loves you. His grace covers you, but He will disciple you, discipline you, and that's based on relationship. Come on, I know you can do better than that. Come on, I know that you can get past this. I know it's the third time this month, but let's make it less than that. Come on, Tim, you can do this. And the Holy Spirit is prompting me out of love and relationship to serve God. Instead of choosing that sin to get away with something, I consider that why would I offend my loving Father? See, the difference is relationship. Punishment focuses on behavior, and much of Christianity is behavior-based. Behavior modification. Be good. Don't do this. Don't do that. And if you do wrong, come and say you're sorry. And that's the basis of our relationship with Jesus. We just keep coming and saying we're sorry. We think that's what repentance is. That's not repentance. You know what repentance is? A changed mind. You're done with it. You've changed your mind. That's why discipline focuses on character, not behavior. God's calling out your character. He knows you love you. This morning that word was a mustard seed. I know your heart's there. Give me a mustard seed. And I'll work with it. I'll draw it out. And so that's, that's the discipline versus punishment. Discipline expects to control you where dis- discipline expects to connect you to God. Punishment uses fear to intimidate you. Discipline uses love to motivate you. You saw the difference between the Pharisee, Simon, and the woman who came in, the prostitute, and wept at Jesus' feet. He told the story about how much the, someone was forgiven and how much the love was at the greater extent of forgiveness in that debt. You remember that story where he told Simon the Pharisee, he said, if a man owed a king $1,000 and another one owed him 10 bucks, who would be grateful at that debt being forgiven? He said, obviously the one who had a greater amount. Yeah, and that's love and appreciation. And he said, so it is. I came to your house. You didn't do a thing for me. But this woman, she cried out. Why? Love motivated her. She understood the amount of grace that God had given her. See, when you begin to move in discipline, when you begin to realize Father loves me, Father's training me, Father's teaching me how to become greater and more than I could be in Him. He's not punishing me and said, get out of here, I don't even want to look at your face. That's not my Father. But many of you feel that way from Him. That's not Father. And so I'll come running to Him weeping over the the discipline that he's given me because I've recognized I've offended. Oh, God, forgive me, and I know he'll embrace me. I remember times training up my children, disciplining them, and uh, there were times where uh, I had to give them a little swat, uh, and there's the big debate on the little spanking stick or not. Uh, uh, Each child needs to be trained uniquely to each child's character and development. They're each different individuals, And there's a window of opportunity of when you need to use that. 
and not use that and different with each child. It says train up a child in the way they should go. Each child has a way they need to go. How many of you know that with some of your kids, you just have to look a certain way and they're like, oh. and you do that same look with one of the other kids and they're like, they're getting away with it, everything they can. But there, there, there's a time when you have to motivate. And I remember giving a spanking to one of my kids and, and I, rem- I was shocked, I was surprised by the love that came back to me after that discipline. Because it was a loving discipline. It had explanation. It, has, it had development and it had encouragement. And after that spanking, they just held me and hugged on, hold on to me. You see, because our discipline from a loving father helps you understand they're for me, not against me. They're training me. And I've let them down and I don't want to. I want them to know how much I love them. That is a motivation. And go on. Punishment is the result of shame and guilt where discipline results in confidence and identity. My God cares about me. I got a spanking the other day from Jesus. But you know, that's all right because he's training me. I can take that. I understand that. And I'm going to do better because Jesus cares that much. He told me how this thing's wrong. I didn't see it. Punishment's based on perfection, where discipline's based on growth. And punishment's focusing short-term, where discipline focuses on long-term. And you know what the long-term delivery on you is? That you're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye, and you will become like him. Amen? God knows what he's invested in you. He knows what he can get out of you. The image of a son. So he's challenging you. Come on, come on. That's the difference. And that's our father's uh, discipline. And so as a parent, you need to consider each of your children uniquely and study them and understand what you're going to draw out of them. Not through punishment, but through discipline. You're challenging them. Different RQ, different motivation, different love language. And you're ministering each uniquely to one of them, drawing them in to become what you know they should become in Christ Jesus. That's loving parenting. So let me help you understand some of the ways that the Father uses discipline in our lives to bring clarity to this. Now, one of the simplest ways, it's the same as a parent, is he just speaks the word. Remember how your parent says, ah, you know when your parents always used your full name? Timothy Mark Tyler? You knew that that was some, because they called your full name. You better... Respond to that. Because after the full name, you don't know what else you're going to get. But God uses his word. God speaks a word. Now, even before that, should hopefully you grow the sensitivity. There was some times that I had a look. My wife had the, the mom's look. You know when you're in a store? I'll never forget. I don't know if it was Mackinac Island or something. We walked into a store and it was like, oh, this was the wrong thing to do. It was one of those glass menagerie things. It was like, oh, and I had like a two-year-old and a four or five-year-old. And it was like, oh, it's too late. They're already in. And their little fingers were going to, oh, look at the giraffes. Oh, a unicorn. Oh, oh, oh. And I, I, and I remember looking across the room, giving them the look. Right when they were going to, and they went like that. And the store owner saw that, and she goes, ooh, good one, Dad. (laughs) It's proud of my girl. So uh, 
God could give us a look. God could give us a conviction so that discipline doesn't even need to be manifest. But if you have the word of God in you, he can stir that immediately, right? See, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired, God breathed by God, and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God would be complete, equipped for every good work. See, that's the word of God. If you listen to your father, if you put the word of God in your heart, he just has to speak to you. And you'll be disciplined. Amen? Right? How many of you know that there have been situations, something's coming on TV and the Holy Spirit says, mm, don't put any clean, uh, unclean or unwholesome thing in, in your... And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's the Word of God. Change, change that. Right? You, you obey just the Word of the Lord. And that's how every... Per- how many parents would love that your children would listen to your words? Oh, Lord. And I think of how the father says, Oy, oy, vey, I've told you ten times. Right? If we would but listen to the word. That's one of the, the very first elementary ways that God disciplines by his word. How many of you have been in a sermon or in a preaching, you're in a car, you listen to something, a word is spoken, it's like, ow! And he disciplined. You knew you got it. Well, thank God for that. He just had to speak to your heart. The second is reaping what you sow. God will let it go to that place. It's not God punishing you. It's you punishing you. It's Him letting you. You know, you told your kid, don't touch the stove, it's hot. Don't touch the stove, it's hot. Don't touch the stove, it's hot. He's like, all right, go ahead, man. And, and, and mom's like, no, don't let him touch it. Oh, no, no, let him touch the stove. Go ahead. It, pst, ah! I told you. So many of the things we say God is disciplining and punishing us with, it's you that did it. You do something over and over and over and over, and then you go, oh, God, how could this have happened to me? And he goes, because you did it. And I'm going to let you live in it. You made your bed. You made your bed. Sleep in it. God, get me out of this bed. Sometimes that's a form of discipline, and it's not his action It's yours. And God will let that happen. Sleeping around, right? Getting STDs. Oh God, how could this happen to me? You had health in junior high, elementary, high school. Your parents told you. He doesn't do that, but I mean, everybody else says that. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? So many of us, God is, is allowing that particular issue to bring its own punishment. Jeremiah 2.19 says, your own evil will discipline you. Your own apostasies will reprimand you. It's built in, right? Uh, uh, Paul put it this way, if you sow to the flesh, you will reap of the flesh. If you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap of the Spirit. So he's saying, grow up. I'm giving you some latitude here to obey me. If you don't obey me, you're going to end up reaping what you're doing. Learn the lesson. I'll let the lesson discipline you. Amen? Does that make sense? And then there's another way that God uh, disciplines us, and that is He has us go through 
circumstances. He has us go through situations. Look, if God always drove the car for you, you wouldn't learn how to drive. If God prepared every meal for you, you wouldn't know how to cook. He's training you to become a mature son of God. He's training you how to run your life, how to run your finance and economy, how to teach others, how to learn to live a blessed life. So he's teaching you how to face the circumstances that come your way. He's not going to deliver you out of every trial and tribulation. He's going to walk with you through them. So that it disciplines you to learn how to get through hard times. Amen? Listen, if we lived a Christian life like like the prosperity movement says, that you'll never be sick, you'll never have a problem with money, you'll never have this problem, this, that. Christianity is just the best rosy world and all this. We'd all be amoebas, spineless, weak people. We wouldn't know how to behave if there was sickness or problem or a bill came late. We wouldn't know what to do. Oh, God, fix it. Right? No, but he's got to get you through circumstances. And Paul tells the story, he says in 2 Corinthians 12, he said, I I went into the third heavens and I saw things that no man has seen, heard things no man has ever heard, right? This man had something to talk about. He had seen things no one else did. And he said, because of that, God allowed a demon to come and cause an affliction in the flesh, a thorn in the flesh. He said, this thing bothered me so much. He said, three times I said, God, get rid of this. You know what God's response was? My grace is sufficient. In other words, you're going through. We're going to go through this trial. We're going to go through this trouble because my grace is sufficient. And you know what Paul ended up saying at the end of that? He said, therefore, I have learned no matter what condition I am in, whether I'm rich or abased, naked, poor, or having everything I need, I know I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. He never would have learned that. Never would have learned that if he didn't go through it. And so there's discipline for what you're going through, people. And we always want rescuing from everything. But Jesus said, my grace will compensate for whatever the problem brings. My grace will compensate for that. But I'll be with you through it. Now, there are times, this is a peculiar aspect of it. This is wild. There are times he'll use a spanking stick. Satan. God using Satan? He created him, yeah. What are you talking about, Pastor? Listen to this. 1 Timothy 1.20, Paul says this. As far as people who had left him, he says, Among whom are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, so that they may learn, same word for discipline, so that they may be disciplined not to blaspheme. He goes on, and in another scripture, he writes to the church at Corinth, and he says, uh, I want you to deliver this man unto Satan for the destruction of his flesh, so that his spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord. Ooh. Now, I am not recommending this for anybody to do. I mean, I'm not going to take responsibility to turn somebody over to Satan. You know, I just ain't going to go there. But what is he saying? He's saying, uh, this man in Corinth, he was sleeping with his stepmom, right? And the people in the church knew about it. No one was doing anything about it. He says, this is messed up, man. 
you got sin in the camp. You ain't doing anything about it. And he said, I'm making a, dis- a judgment right now. Get the man out. Turn him over to Satan. He was a saved brother. He says, turn him over to Satan so that Satan will wreak havoc with him so that he'll want to get back into the family. In other words, he's getting a spanking. He's getting a whooping. And sometimes it can go to that extreme. He said to Hymenius in Alexandria, he said, I'm going to turn them over to Satan so that they'll learn not to blaspheme. You don't blaspheme the Lord. And they come back. Okay? So that's pretty, that's pretty, ooh, that's tough. I, I don't need no spanking from Satan. I don't want to even be near that bum. I don't want, no, 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 no. I'm going to listen to the, how many of you are ready for number one? Listen to the word of God, right? I, I'm staying there. You see, the more, the quicker you learn to listen to the Lord, you don't have to go all the way down and get a whooping by the dog. Right? That's what he's saying. Now, in conclusion, it's time for us to get our act together. Come on, church. It's time. At the end of this statement of what he's talking about, the Father's going to discipline. He wants to bring you into holiness, train you in righteousness so the fruit of his nature will live out in you. And he loves you, so he's going to discipline you. Last thing he said is, therefore, lift up your drooping hands. Strengthen your feeble knees. Get your act together. Make straight a path for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. We have been immature too long. Feeble hands and weak knees in our faith and in our obedience to God. He said, get your act together. Get your feeble hands and weak knees strong and step up in maturity. It's about time you clean your room. Your spiritual room. Clean up the mess of what is your spiritual room. It's about time you cleaned up your household. It's about time you took care of this temple of the Lord that belongs to you, that you've been abusing too long. God gave it to you. He bought it with the blood of Jesus. Come on, people. Start acting mature. I've had, and I could imagine the Lord saying, are you done having Satan kick your butt? Are you ready to finally listen to me? Are you tired of going through the same circumstances when my grace was going to get you through it? Israel, 40 years in the desert. Come on, people. It was an 11-month trip. Come on, get with it, he said, if you would just listen. And, and, And the psalmist says, oh, that my people would hear my voice. Brothers and sisters, it's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to behave our Father. Listen to our Father through His words and follow what He's instructing us that we would become the stature of Christ. And so I close this morning with every head bowed. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for a spirit of maturity over this body. That, God, we would be a people who are ready to graduate the last class we were in to move into the next grade. To move into greater obedience to the Word of God. That we don't have to be disciplined, but in fact, in love, we respond to the prompting of God. 
And if you would agree with that, say amen this morning.